This is not just another fitness podcast. Food is so much more than just fuel. Keep things simple. That goes for training and diet. Chips, cheese and hummus, you should try it. Don't take this stuff too seriously. Balance is just really not sexy. Eat plenty of fruit and veg. It's not rocket science. Having a six pack is just totally not worth it. That's a lie for a start. (laughs) (laughs) Walking every day has to be one of the best things you can do. Honestly, I hear this shit on a daily basis. Nobody got fat from eating too much fruit. Green peppers the rank i do like a snickers just be honest with yourself have you tried the aldi milk chocolate (laughs) (laughs) the answer is no honestly if you're struggling just ask for help in most of my consultations i actually don't talk about food no diet coke doesn't cause cancer sometimes you have to think about the effort versus the reward calorie deficits are boring but they work oh my god my gran used to take me to wimpy it's never too late to start lifting weights you can take your manuka honey and shove it up your Made me die. All this is going on as well. Welcome to episode 30 of the Not Another Fitness podcast with myself, Andy, and across from me on Zoom, we have it's Rambo. Rambo, I love that. I love Rambo. I committed to my nickname there. Yeah, all in, all in Rambo. Hold on a second, I'm just gonna have a little sip of my beverage i've got here oh okay so which before we started recording in mm. comes oh, in comes delicious in comes sarah on video andy's lovely wife who i want to be when i grow up apart from she's younger than me she's amazing we all, um, we all want to be sarah when we grow yeah. up yeah and she's if she wasn't the perfect wife already she brings him a lovely goblet glass gets a slice of orange right wipes it around the rim and then drops it in and says there you go that's a new variety of bombay sapphire so andy is sitting opposite me here sipping a gin and tonic looking looking resplendent here aren't looking I? camp i must looking say a little bit camp i feel like i've gone more camp like my little fingers poking out like, <laughs> you do camp quite well though mate i must say yeah. that yeah yeah i do you know that though yeah oh yeah i've yeah. been told that on many an occasion have you yeah 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 but anyway i'm just jealous um, I nearly did join you, but I'm saving myself for this weekend. Yeah, Restraint, we... not restriction. <laughs> well put, Rambo. Well put. We have had discussions about a podcast where we just get on here and get absolutely smashed, and that will be in the pipeline. Maybe that's the Christmas pod. Oh, mate. The, cri- the Christmas party pod. The Christmas party pod. <laughs> We're not going to have a Christmas party. So let's do Right. Okay. Stay tuned, listeners. Stay <laughs> tuned. Yeah, that could be the that could be the worst edit since last week's attempt. <laughs> that was a hungover pod. <laughs> right, mate. What you been up to? What are you doing? What are you doing with yourself? Uh, what am I doing? Um, it's Jack's birthday today. Happy birthday, Jack. He Happy doesn't listen. Birthday, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, we've um, but it's just a normal day. He's at work. Been a lovely week. Had a nice weekend. Very chilled. Still going with outdoor PT. The weather is being kind. Thank you to all my clients for sticking with me while we're navigating this November weather. But it's been good so far. It's been positively balmy. Um, and now I'm getting ready because I'm off to see the mothership this weekend. So stay tuned, stay tuned, Jane. I'm coming for you. By the time this gets released, I'll be, I'll be there. So yeah, mum and I 
have a lot of catching up to do, a lot of food to be eaten, a lot of walking to be done. I'm going to get her training as well, which is quite apt in the realm of what we're about to discuss today. Um, yeah, I'm excited. It's It's been a good week. Jane has been in contact. She has got the, she stocked up on Manuka honey awaiting your <laughs> arrival. So enjoy that when you get there. <laughs> Wonderful. We've I'll, got all the health benefits just cracking on. I'll be looking, I'll look forward to her hearing about the training escapades as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've kind of told her that we're going to be training because I'm going to be there for almost a week. So I want to do something. She's an avid walker anyway. Um, I'm just going to take um, some kettlebells. I'm going to take a couple of resistance bands, some booty bands. And yeah, we'll see how we go. I'm going to um, not do anything crazy. Just get her moving. Just give her some awareness. I've got a TRX now as well. So I'm probably going to take that as well. I love the TRX. So yeah. Um, yeah, all good. Get ready, Jane. She's coming. Yeah, She's get coming. your sweatband on, mama. She's coming armed with a TRX. <laughs> <laughs> oh well I had one ages ago and I sold it years ago and now like lockdown I was like oh, Jesus mate. I know what you, you can't even get a second hand one for less than 100 quid so I just bought a brand new one and I was like you know what I'm not going to make that fatal mistake of selling that again so yeah funnily enough yeah I've um I've ordered a few dumbbells and kettlebells as soon as they become available I was like do you know what let's let's be a bit smart here let's yeah get- Let's get armed with a few bits of kit, just in case this lockdown goes on. A little Not bit a bad longer. idea. Uh, how are you, mate? What have you been up to? Yeah, I've been on Zoom, <laughs> as, I, as I am now. My second home. Um, yeah, no, it's been all right. So I've, um, speaking of Sarah earlier on, managed to grab a couple of um, kettlebells from the gym and a couple of bits and pieces. So Sarah is, how many weeks pregnant is she now? It's 30-something. 31, 32. Yeah, something No, like it's that. not. You're due in January. Yeah. Am I am I off on that? Oh my god, is she 32? She looks very good for it. She's tiny. Yeah, she's all good. Apparently, like absolutely like spot on size wise. Not I, yeah. I don't I don't really know about bump size and stuff. I mean to me it looks good. <laughs> it's good to get it measured and and know <laughs> and know that it's in the normal realm, not some giant baby. <laughs> Good. Um, but yeah, so training Sarah at home um, is good fun, actually. And I think, so like Sarah's been, is actually similar to like a few clients in that I think everyone was a little bit disappointed, obviously, not to be going to the gym um, and training at home is like not ideal. But actually having that first session the other day um, and actually having like a product, productive session, it's like, actually, this will be all right, training from home and doing a few bits and pieces. Um, and like throughout pregnancy, like she's been, she's, well, I say lucky, some things you can't control, but I mean, she's trained basically all the way through and now it just feels like the best investment going, um, cause she's still moving really well. Um, and like I said to her, like, if we get to, if we get into December and she's still lifting, then, then how, it, it's actually surprised me how, um, like how well she's done or how well, like her body's responded to it. Because she's got that base and foundation, though, you know, if it's if she'd have chosen pregnancy to start exercising, it might have been a little bit different. But because she's got that awareness and movement and, you know, she does look after herself. Um, credit credit to Sarah. Yeah, it's, it is um, like I shared a couple of videos this week of her just doing like, you know, some press ups and stuff like that. Um, and actually, this kind of ties into a little bit to what we're going to speak about. But actually, people seeing 
stuff like pregnancy in general, some people still have those beliefs of, you know, oh, be careful, don't do anything. You know, you shouldn't be training, you shouldn't be lifting weights, you shouldn't be lifting like certain amounts and stuff. When actually, obviously, there's like an individual element to it, like there is with all of this, but there's nothing wrong with training and exercising and just kind of moving your body through those movements that it's done a thousand times before. And actually, the more you can do it, the better. Yeah. A lot of people say, um, a lot of women say that they actually feel a lot stronger during pregnancy. Um, and like, then like in theory, this is a whole separate podcast, really in theory, like you shouldn't be taking on too many more calories really until the third trimester, but like they actually benefit from, you know, better blood flow is it like like you get better vasodilation as well of your blood cells and stuff like that like they actually just feel stronger after you get over the morning sickness and stuff if you're suffering from that but like yeah there's so many more like benefits from training through pregnancy than actually doing nothing yeah i honestly think like how many um how many scenarios do you know like i mean pregnancy and and beyond where exercise is a bad thing <laughs> do you know what I mean unless like the doctor said like specifically you should not do this or there's some kind of other uh, like contraindication exercise is always good yeah it's- unless you've got a condition where you can't get your heart rate over us you know yeah. you can't like some kind of intense thing because you can't have you know heart beating too fast like I totally get that but any kind of like controlled monitored movement that has gives you any kind of strength benefits as Andy takes a sip of his gin and tonic. Um, like that's, that's a great thing. Yeah, it, it really, it really is. And actually we might as well move into the, um, the topic of the day, yeah. which working title as he glances towards his pad to look at his horrific handwriting, <laughs> I've got training and nutrition as we age yes is that, is that what we went with rambo i think that's what we went with and this is actually um this did actually come from jack because it is his birthday today um he's 37 years young and um every time i say that to somebody so bear in mind that jack and i met at the gym so we met at like lift off doing crossfit like four years ago now um and he's 37 and he still is one of the I'm not going to say strongest but one of the most consistent people in that gym because he turns up enjoys it um still lifts really heavy still recovers really well got really good cardiovascular capability because he started when he did and even he said he probably should should have started a bit younger but everybody who I say oh he's 37 they're like no way he's not 37 and I always say I know he's devilishly handsome it's very annoying (laughs) um but like he we were talking about like what we should talk about on the pod today and I said oh maybe something about like training and nutrition as you age because you know you're probably just as fit now if not fitter than you probably ever have been and he's got a very sporty background he always played sport like football and things like that cricket um and he's fitter now than he ever has been and I was like isn't it interesting I always think I wish I'd have started training when I was 16 even 13 like throw me in with those Chinese Olympic weightlifters I'd have been like (laughs) you know but like that's why they start so young so they can actually make you know make use of the genetics and the ability to recover and things like that but we we just discussed the whole concept of aging and how 
as we get older, it would have been lovely to have known about the benefits and maybe not been so fearful when we were younger about training as regards to being thrown into sport. And that's what Andy and I are going to discuss today. So we're going to discuss training. We're going to discuss discuss nutrition as we age um, and what what is optimal but also what the what the barriers are as well to actually having good or most optimal nutrition or actually starting training or getting started with any kind of training and some things that you maybe need to consider if you are you know suffering at the hands of the aging process let's say the most polite way I could put it and you want to get started into some kind of training good intro mate Thanks. Good intro, mate. Um, yeah, it's. I w- we were talking about this before we came on, and I was saying I, that I couldn't believe that me and you hadn't thought of this as a topic, yeah, as a standalone topic. And maybe one of the reasons I suggested might be that um, I th- the majority of people that listen to this are they're probably not thinking along them lines because they're probably a bit younger. Um, and when we say like the so when I, we talk about like the aging process, my head immediately goes to people that are um, kind of like 50s and 60s because mm. that's a lot of um, that age range is kind of who I work with in the gym quite a lot. So that's what that's why I'm like, God, why haven't I spoken about this before? And I think if you're listening to this in your in, your, you know, like 20s and 30s or like maybe early 30s, as you start getting later down the 30s, some of this stuff starts becoming a bit more relevant. Um it's something to even if you just acknowledge it you just kind of like, okay that, that's interesting like because if, if you're listening to this podcast you're probably already into training and nutrition yeah. and you probably already care about it so the fact that you're actually already there listening to this we probably don't need to like beat the drum too loud you probably kind of hit you know you know where we're coming from but if you have got um especially like parents i think of uh, parents or grandparents that you know, maybe they are struggling a little bit. Like we all know people who are like, oh, my back, oh, my knee, oh, I can't do this, oh, I can't run anymore, oh, I can't play sport. Uh, I've got friends like that. <laughs> That's how I know I'm getting old. Because <laughs> I, get, I get more mates contacting me being like, Andy, my back, my back's gone. Um, so, yeah, so, so even if it's not necessarily relevant to you right now, it will be. Uh, but also you might be able to pass this, um, this advice on to whether it's family, friends, or, or even work colleagues and people that you know. Um, because I think one of the one of the issues is maybe that people, as they get older, don't feel like, um, I don't know, like, I don't feel like you made this point, Ram, but basically the fitness industry doesn't necessarily cater as much to people as they get older. Because if you pick up a copy of like Men's Health um, or any of the magazines or any of the online advertising, it tends to be geared to to the younger audience. I I agree and like you'll get the odd article about you know a really fit man in his 50s and you'll have like your typical chiseled torso uh tanned up with like you know gray hair Richard Gere-esque looking guy do you know what I was just gonna say I was gonna say like you're basically like um George Clooney if you went on gear (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) that's that's basically what he looks like yeah or you'll see that article in the sun about the 70 year old bodybuilder and like you think about kind of our parents generation 
or even our grandparents' generation. Like our grandparents' generation definitely grew up with sport. Sport was booming in then. So, you know, football, you've got the 60s, you've got the World Cup. Like it was, you know, football was huge back then. And a lot of the major celebrities were sportsmen. But then you've got like, if you think to back to like the Arnold Schwarzeneggers, like that's what all the exposure was with regards to training. So I think there's a massive generation of people who when you say training or when you say gym that's the first thing they think of and that can be a really really intimidating thing and um you know resistance training and the fitness industry in general it is and again this is like amy gonna get on a rant about the media and like you know imagery and language it is all predominantly catered towards the you know I would say the 18 to 35 bracket um and people that have money you know supplement industry is massive you've got gyms charging massive amounts of membership fees for very very minimal reward um and it's full of young people and it can be a very very intimidating environment especially especially for the elderly generation, I say elderly, I don't mean that in a very offensive way, but especially especially for like an older generation who genuinely don't know where to start with this. You know, if you're 18 and you're going to the gym and you don't know where to start, you go on Google and you look up like muscle building plan and you could go in, use all of that equipment and, you know, newbie gains, you'd do all right. Yeah, you actually, if you're in the, let's, let's say, 40 50 60 and above bracket and you went online and googled um you know gym guide to help me get off off the floor without being in pain or putting my knee out there's an ebook waiting think... to be written yeah oh there's a cash cow right there <laughs> like you know i don't think there'd be anything for that demographic and that's that's sad it, it is and also i think this is another yeah like talk about going off on a on a rant a lot of the a lot of the marketing a lot of the imagery it's exactly that it's around image and aesthetics and like how you look um and it's quite yeah. hard like on the cover of a magazine to get across that um here yeah, like training is good for your bone health or for muscle retention as you age like that's quite hard to put on a you can't really market that in like the six you know six weeks to avoid osteoporosis it's not really like that you don't really see those those plans marketed on in men's health um and like i didn't even think about the arnie thing but yeah if you think about um especially that that era and even if you said to like if you said to like my my dad now if i said to him bodybuilding like who or what do you think of i mean arnie's going to be in the top three and yeah. bodybuilding in general is seen as you know guys uh wearing thongs on stage flexing oiled up when actually like i use i'm careful not to use bodybuilding specifically for that reason like so that we will say resistance training um mm. it's the same thing by the way everyone. i used the word bodybuilding today i did a session with my client this morning uh we did some chest we did some rows we did some what else did we do we did some lateral raises and we did a little bit of a burner at the end and at the end she was like oh this has been like quite a tame session and I was like yeah we've just done a little bit of bodybuilding and she was like oh okay I was like you want to build some muscle like let's do it this is what we're doing we're building a strong body 
I, t- I tell you, I guarantee this because I was thinking when you said that, I was like, hmm, do I do I ever use that term in the gym with clients? And I do, and it's always with male clients that are not young, but like younger. Like, would I ever say to one of my like older female clients, "Oh, this is more of a bodybuilding style session," even if it was, which a lot of the time it is, I wouldn't say it. Like, no, no chance, because again, in that um, there's that Im- that conjures up that image of again, like uh, some muscle bound man or woman. And it's that- just language. It's just <laughs> yeah. words. You know, yeah. it's just words let's actually think about what those words mean we're building a stronger body especially for a woman who predominantly wants to associate themselves with having that lovely like physique you know what do you hear women say i want to tone up well actually sorry love toning up means you've got to build some muscles so let's actually get you strong let's get you building the body that you want to have you know sorry sorry love love. just imagine you starting off your response with that honestly i i promise i did used to manage a premium premium airline (laughs) sorry love we ain't got no beef today (laughs) i'd love it if you did that did i tell you just as a side note did i tell you the story about when mum told uh, lady mary parkinson that she didn't have a pot to piss in (laughs) I, I, i mean i did not i haven't heard this story Sorry, just as a funny story. So my mum used to work in first class quite a lot on the plane and she had Sir Michael Parkinson and his lovely wife, Mary, on board. And um, my mum's a very personable lady. She tells her how it is. She's of a certain generation. So, and her and Lady Mary got talking and obviously you're working in first class, you're very personal service. You have to be quite a proper and appropriate. You're representing the brand. And then, you know, mum and Lady Mary get in this conversation about how Lady Mary's saying, you know, well, 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 Jane, you know, like, I think it's very lovely when people stop and ask me to take a photo of Michael. You know, we're very grateful for the opportunities, you know, that we've had. And we grew up in a very, you know, comfortable, but, you know, we, we didn't have a lot when we were younger. And my mum turns around and goes, what you mean, Lady Mary, is you didn't have a pot to piss in? <laughs> <laughs> Lady Mary's like, yes, Jane, we didn't. We didn't at all. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. And I'm like, and I'm in charge. And I'm like, mother, you did not. She's like, I did. I, we were having a lovely conversation. She knew exactly what I was talking about anyway. All part of the service, isn't it? All part of the exactly. first, first class service. First class is about reading your audience. <laughs> Right, so that's our opening gambit in there with a, a free story of uh, Jane's career. Anyway. And Parky. Um, yeah. So, Rambo, question number one. Why? So we keep banging on about resistance training and bodybuilding. Why? Why, sh- why should we care? Why is, that, why, is that in, why is that of such importance as we get older? So I don't want to worry anyone, but... Uh-oh. After... Sit down, people. <laughs> Sit down. Um... After the age of 30, particularly in women, so more slightly more than men because we're genetically not as uh, predisposed to... Well, it's a lot harder for us to build muscle genetically because of the makeup of our hormones. Um, so particularly over the age of 30, we start to lose muscle more rapidly. Obviously, that has some kind of... Um, that's going to have some impact on our bodily function. So the way we move, you might find that... 
sometimes like, you know, getting up off the floor hurts a little bit more or something that you could do maybe a couple of years ago now causes you a little bit of pain. It might be walking up the stairs. You might try and pick up a box. You might jump on something and jar your knee or just your ability to recover from day-to-day life and actually deal with things becomes a lot less as your body can't hold on to as much lean muscle tissue as it used to. So we start to lose muscle mass. That obviously has an implication on our tendons and our joints. So everything becomes a lot looser. So it just becomes harder for our bodies to kind of bulletproof themselves against the effects of life. Um, And this obviously... If we think about how society, how we've evolved through the generations, so especially we're not really having children till a lot older nowadays. So actually we're bringing children up as we are aging ourselves. So you're getting a lot, a big generation of like older grandparents that are actually quite infirm because they haven't looked after themselves over the years um, and they can't do things, you know? And even a, a whole generation of say parents that can't do things with the children because their bodies are failing them. So as we age, training in particular any kind of resistance training the more we can actually support the loss of that lean muscle tissue so the more we can actually stop that or actually limit the effects of that the more we're going to bulletproof the body for the future and for the aging process amen to that Preach. to that and not only that obviously muscle the muscle mass thing there's only you know you, you are going to lose muscle as you get older like that's that's just something that happens to all of us but it's not this kind of um there's things you can do to offset it basically like you're not gonna um you are gonna lose some muscle mass but what you're trying to do is is minimize that and again ideally in a perfect world you've you've started lifting and doing weights when you're younger you've accrued a decent amount of muscle mass so when it does start to decrease you've started from a uh, a better position but regard yeah i think well we've opened up at the same point here but basically you can start you can start at any age and you're gonna see a benefit is that what you're gonna say yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say but like people think that oh because i haven't been doing it for most of my life or what's the point of starting when i'm 65 well there's every point point of starting when you're 65 like muscle still responds just because you don't have so much of it it's still going to respond and stimulating any muscle with regards to putting load through it or under resistance and when i say load i don't mean weights like body weight is sometimes enough especially if you've got no training history whatsoever using your body weight as a form of resistance is massive and a really important and useful tool for you to do so putting any kind of resistance through your muscles is is so important at any age like even for somebody just to stand up and sit down off the sofa like doing that 10 to 15 times have a bit of a rest do that four times that's resistance training you know and that is so important to try and stimulate any kind of muscle just to even remind the muscles of how to use them, of how to switch on, even some activation work. Like you, I know you do a lot of mobility work with your clients as well. Like maybe you want to talk about that in terms of how important that can be for anyone that's a little bit older as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's funny. You see, you kind of, you covered what I was just thinking, which is basically like, even though, um, I would, yeah, I'd class what I do in some of my group sessions as mobility work. Well, guess what? There's a lot of body weight, squats, lunges, 
planks, modified push-ups because I'm like, okay, you know, let's kind of let's do a little bit of a warm-up. Let's hold a couple of different positions. Let's kind of like test the range of movement. But guess what? There's a big chunk of that session, which really is me sneaking in resistance training <laughs> under the radar because I know that that's going to that's gonna see improvement and, and that's going to help people, yeah, retain muscle mass. And actually, if you think about stimulation of the muscle that's something let's let's say you have got an injury right let's say you're of an age and you've just had you've got a i don't know let's create a scenario so you're waiting on a knee up and, you, and you're really struggling to put weight through that leg well we're talking about bodybuilding type training there is, you've got your entire upper body that you can you know you can sit on a machine in a gym and load the chest load the back load the shoulders and actually keep those muscles working and and you know what there's probably a ton of leg machines as well that you can sit on and, and work that knee or work the muscles around the knee and it'll be absolutely fine there is a slight distinction to be made between muscles obviously massively important bone health huge absolutely massive and actually for for bone health it does need some type of weight bearing it does mm. need some um need some impact and this is something that so this is not to say that swimming, for example, is a bad choice because, again, any exercise, any movement, I'm a fan of. But how often have you heard this, Rambo, which is, oh, I swim because it's low impact. Mm. So that's great, right? That's, that's great because, yeah, maybe it feels quite nice. Your kind of body weight's taken like in the buoyancy of the water. It feels quite nice just to kind of move around. But bones need, they need weight-bearing activity they you need to squat you need to like they need to feel that that resistance and some impact um again it's dose dependent but it's it's just it feels to, it's almost um it feels counterintuitive you think oh get a bit older maybe a little bit more frail let's do something a bit more gentle go for a nice walk maybe do aqua aerobics something like that so this is like sarah's mum one of her regular regular classes that she that she does or did uh were acro aerobics and, and that was again good social fun tick 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 load of, load of tick boxes there as soon as i got her in the gym doing body weight stuff and trying to lift herself off the ground to like do a lunge i remember doing like a like a static lunge with her uh, and it was like excruciating because it, the body is just not experienced that mm. um and like bone health again it's it's something that as we get older, there is, um, there's going to be some deterioration, but we can offset that massively. And actually there's a, I don't know if you've seen this around, but you probably have like the, there's a, like a cross section of, um, I think it's a quad of like a 70 year old triathlete, yeah. and like a 70 year old sedentary yeah. uh, dude. And it's like the 70 year old guy who trains has got more in common with the, with a 30 year old than he yeah. has a 70 year old person who, who doesn't move. So that's absolutely huge. Yeah. Like I, I, I genuinely like that visual is amazing. Like that's kind of the thing that if you want to kind of market to people and be like, this is why we resistance train, that was, that would be it. Like you could see the muscle mass is still, again, there's some deterioration. It's not a 30 year old quad, but it's, it's still got a decent size and it's still got like, it's still, um, there's more of it there. It's mm. going to be more pliable. It's going to be more, it's going to have better function than someone yeah. who does, does nothing. And just like aging can be a really mentally damaging process as well. Like whether you're a ma male or female, like, you know, 
having your body not be able to do the things that you could do when you are 30 when we know that a lot of you know elderly people still think in their brains that they are 30 and still feel 30 because our brains don't age like our body does um you know not being able to do those things can be a really debilitating thing so this is why it's never too late to start when you do start and you start moving and you start moving your body under load with control in a safe environment. And those two things will come onto in a second as well. That can be really empowering. You know, that can be really empowering knowing that you're not going to lose your independence because you can walk to the shops and carry your shopping back. You know, the, the mile walk, whatever it is home, knowing that you can, pick your granddaughter up off the floor if you need to or push the buggy up the hill like they are really empowering things for an older generation and I just want to come back to those things of like control and what was the other one I said was like stability or something like that like this is why and this is my issue with the fitness industry and this is what we say all the time Andy like balance having balance in your life and actually getting stronger in like non-intense situations is not sexy like the fitness industry even now in lockdown there's no focus on the things that you can do at the moment which could maybe build up your core from within it's all about smashing these hard workouts doing hundreds of burpees like I mean I can talk I'm doing 3,000 push-ups in November <laughs> but you know what I mean like it's all about oh we're not at the gym so I've got to make this workout as hard as possible to get the burn like it's all about intensity and when you're in an older an older person and you're starting to think about wanting to exercise to actually build some strength that can be really really scary and intimidating when all the images around you are you, the association that you have with fitness and the gym and training is intensity because you'd look at that and you'd be like well I can't do that so what's the point you know and you, or you look at Arnie and you go oh well like I don't want to look like that so I'm not going to bother like, I know, like, one fear that I'm and sorry, mum. She needs a guest appearance on this podcast, I think. Like, and hence why we're in for sure. My mum and your dad. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, one fear my mum has about training and lifting weights is that she's probably going to build too much muscle, um, which we all, both of us know, is very unlikely to happen. Um, but again, that can be a big fear as well that, you know, if they can't do these things that a lot of younger people can do, then immediately it's a failure. Yeah. And look, there's a time and a place for intense workouts. Like, do you know what I mean? There is, there's oh. a, if you want to get huge or if you want to get super fit or if, you know, you want to compete um, in a professional sport, you're going to have to push your body um, a certain amount. But we're not, we are not talking about that now. We are talking about exactly like you said, walking back with the shopping, picking up your grandchild. These are things that I think there's a reason why people don't make the leap between if you see someone doing like a hundred burpees, then it like, yeah, what relevance has that got to someone who's like, I just want to be able to get up off the floor without feeling broken. Or I just want to like be able to play with my kids and not feel like an old man. Um, and uh, yeah, we kind of know that that's, that's not kind of where the marketing dollars are, are being put. But um, to, going back to like bone health and muscle health, though, here's the thing. There's this kind of like there's the obvious benefit, the benefits to it and like the day-to-day the, the -day stuff. But also things like um, 
things like falls like when people get older especially um you know kind of like 70s and 80s the risk of fall like having a fall goes up right and the risk of something bad like a broken hip occurring because of that fall also goes up but if you train so say if you're training and you're moving your body around one you're less likely to have the fall in the first place because you've got that kind of proprioception and you can move the body and you're more agile you're not frail and then if you do slip or fall you've actually got some muscle mass there so it's not this kind of you're not suddenly sentenced to a broken hip and then like someone who hasn't got a lot of muscle mass who breaks their hip who then spends an extended period of, period of time in uh, bedridden that is a recipe for disaster because yeah. coming back after that is brutal yeah massively and like this is the thing because as it's a vicious circle as we age we lose more muscle mass we become more sedentary you know we want to sit on our bums a bit more <laughs> so you know it doesn't help the process so when you do slip and you have that hip fracture you know it's very hard to actually recover fully from a hip fracture and it, it like you've said it involves a lengthy stay in hospital some people never recover from it my gran had dementia and she had dementia for a fair few years and it was only when she slipped and fall and broke and falled excuse me fell and broke her hip and then was bedridden that that actually led to a very significant decline she eventually passed you know because that is very very hard to recover from because you don't have a lot of lean muscle mass to start with you know your your eating habits have probably changed massively so you're not getting enough protein in and we'll come to talk about nutrition in just a second but your capacity to recover is automatically reduced because of the aging process but it's also automatically reduced because of your your muscles aren't used to working and like protecting yourself and actually moving in synergy um to protect yourself it's like perfect storm isn't it it or is it's a per perfect, perfect storm. shit storm <laughs> but like talking of um i mean like talking about dementia right so like anyone who has had a like friend or relative suffer in that way i mean it's so that's like one of the hardest things to watch as a family member hands down um guess what again this isn't like a cure-all but exercise and being active not only does it benefit like mental health in general but it can it does improve cognitive function yeah like this is something that's been shown over and over again and actually you can lump in like if you um if you look you know if you look like kind of google like you know exercise benefits or health benefits like i think normally like somewhere near the top of the list is disease prevention yeah like disease as in the things that when you get them if you're not in a healthy so again it doesn't mean you're never gonna get a disease right but a it makes it less likely to happen that's a win and also if you do get if you are ill at any uh, for any amount of time if your body's in a good starting place if you're healthy generally across the board you'd stand a better chance of being able to fight it yeah. it's just again win win less chance of it happening better better results if you if you do um doesn't mean someone's not going to get dementia or get cancer or whatever like there's certain things that are out of our control but why not stack the deck in your favor why would why wouldn't you do that so why do you think then andy that a lot of people who we're putting under this umbrella 
don't actually enter into any kind of resistance training? What do you think the main barriers are? We discussed some of them already, but I think there's definitely a few that we haven't mentioned. So I, I think, and you, you probably know what I'm going to say here, the, the biggest one for me, so this is my experience of working with people in the gym and, and especially people who are, let's just say 50 plus, um, it's fear right and it's not just fear so there's like the fear of the gym you know like it's a place where again demographics probably a little bit younger you're yeah you might see some i always use like the walk into a gym and you see someone who looks like a viking like lifting a giant circus dumbbell over their head that can look that can be a little bit intimidating can tell what type kind of gym you go to (laughs) but even like you know if you see someone like if if you see someone doing like um you know any olympic lift if you've never been in a gym before that shit can look like oh my god i'd pull my back out if i did that that's like the classic jack like, does when... regularly put his back out. <laughs> 37 now well, welcome to my world um i'll teach you to olympic lift mate yeah, mate honestly um yeah i think fear it's fear right it's so it's fear of the gym it's fear of looking stupid like fear of like um, not knowing what to do and being judged because of that. Um, it's fear of, of something new. It's thinking that resistance training, it's not for me. It's not for people like me. Um, well, they're, they're not being catered to by the industry. So no. that's that's why right there. I think a, a massive one is, is fear of injury or fear. So like I would say a, a good chunk of people who make it to me and step foot into the gym, it's going to be or there's a good chance that it's because of some kind of injury and they've found themselves there because, you know, a physio that knows what they're doing has probably said, do you know what, speak to, speak to Andy or speak to, you know, like a PT who knows what they're doing and they can help you with some rehab stuff. So a lot of the time, like when I think about the first sessions that I do with, with clients in general, but definitely clients that are a bit, um, maybe a little more self-conscious and a bit older, um, I'll just do like a range of movement to see like what, what they can do. Um, and then once you kind of get over that first barrier, hopefully, um, so like, so like cards on the table, a lot of the time, what I want to do in the, in a first session, what I, what on paper would be the best thing for their body and physically, I'll very rarely do that because it's not about that one session. It's about trying to pick things that uh, they can do to instill a level of confidence so that they want to come back. Um, and, and that. So like, yeah, you're trying to combat fear. And if you can get someone to kind of come back to the gym, like once someone becomes familiar with a the place, then the, you know, suddenly the fear starts to kind of drop off a little bit. But the best way you can get, you can convince someone to take up resistance training on a long-term basis is to show them progress or probably more accurately, they show themselves uh, to be progressing. Um, and when they feel it, and especially if you can contrast, so like Sarah's mom, perfect example, um literally not being able to lift herself out of that uh, lunge position um and then doing it with the help of a, you know like a box to one side to rest a hand on and then doing it body weight and then doing it with a deficit and then doing it holding a weight you can literally point to each session and say well you couldn't do that three weeks ago you couldn't do, even do like the first part a month ago and someone like and session to session, it's hard to see those changes. But when you're like, wow, six months ago, you were doing, you couldn't do any of these. Yeah. Now you can do all of this. It's, it's huge. 
yeah. and, it, and it's huge and it's kind of it's not only the improvement physically it's just mentally um recognizing that oh I can do this this is possible this is for me there is some I don't know like it's not like it used to be mad like seeing like a girl in the squat rack used to be like a that just wasn't a thing like you see like one or two women maybe squatting now it's just it's not a novelty anymore no. and actually like seeing people if, if someone does come to a gym and you see people that look like you similar age similar level you're you I don't know you just have that thing of like oh, okay yeah this is I'm not like a an outlier yeah do you know what I mean? Oh, completely. Like, I, um, one thing just springs to mind. It's about creating a safe space. It's about creating a safe space for them to feel comfortable, for them to learn about their own bodies and for them to see progress. And part of that is your relatability as a trainer. And I don't mean like you personally, you are very relatable as a trainer. I mean, you as a collective, like, you Excuse know, me. us as a collective people of like trainers and gyms, it's about making that a safe space for people. Um, um, another thing that springs to mind as well um, is, and this is kind of going to be a theme for training and nutrition is actually the finance factor. So Obviously, like if you're of a certain age demographic and you're worried, you've got a history of injuries or, you know, you need to start resistance training, but you don't know where to start. Um, there's very minimal things out there catering online, let's say, for your demographic. Um, then, you know, going to get a PT or a trainer in a gym is a very, you know, is quite an expensive financial commitment. And when you're in that age bracket and say you are retired you know maybe you're fortunate enough to have enough money to actually invest in yourself but if you're not then that kind of rules you out from going to get a PT and that's a big 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 shame and like that is a factor the finance factor is definitely something as well when we get into nutrition and chat about that in just a second that can can limit the way you could the things you can do to actually support yourself but you know it, and and say you say you spend the money and you you don't get on with your trainer or you choose the wrong gym, which isn't as welcoming. Like those things, again, can give you a really bad experience. And then you have these negative connotations with exercise again, and then you just don't choose to make the change or actually find something that works for you better because of that bad experience. So it's all about, I think as PTs, we've got a responsibility to actually maybe even search out this kind of demographic of clients and see if we can reach out and help them and look for things that we can do. We all very guilty if we want to train people that are easy to train and like us and like the things that we like to do because it makes our lives easier. But these are the people we can really help, you know, we can really make a difference to their lifestyle and actually their, you know, their quality of life and actually add years to their life. You know, it's not that the the younger people aren't important. Of course they are. And I love that they're getting into training as well. But the more we can actually be relatable, find, you know, these moments of connection with this group and actually create a safe environment for them to feel comfortable and accepted to train. I think that's really important. Yeah, this is something that I'm, I'm like really passionate about. And I think if you've had a bad experience or say, again, if you're listening to this and you know that your parents or someone who you know is a bit older has had a bad experience in a gym um that can be 
it's it's like the equivalent of like if you were say like you were bullied at school and you hate PE and you just weren't coordinated and you hated sport and that is literally something you carry from being a 16 year old and then it's just well sport's not for me exercise is not for me I hate it I can't stand it and if and if you're I mean again I'm sure there's people that have had bad experiences with like trainers or classes or gyms where they just like they you know didn't like the atmosphere maybe the trainer was a dick or um, something like that don't be put off right because you're going to get dicks that happens um but sometimes it's just the it could be like the right person at the wrong time or you just haven't found the right gym yet or the right class for you and i don't think um i know it's hard and again it is it can be intimidating but just actually if you um try a couple of different classes maybe go and, and see a couple of different gyms get a guest pass go along for a week or pay for you know pay for a couple of just gym sessions get even before you train even this is something that i'm sure we spoke about this on another podcast but i would like here's a little trip a uh, little tip if you're going to hire a trainer go to the gym where you're training and just look how the pts work with their clients and you'll get a good feel for mm. you know what they do like mm. what kind of movements are they doing? What kind of style? Is it more kind of like quite quiet, stand back, observe? Is it in the face kind of screaming? Again, there's nothing wrong with either, but just like what well, you you know you and you know what you're gonna you're gonna respond to and then have a conversation with them. Um I think the 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 finance thing is absolutely bang on. I yeah. think if you're like personal trainers per hour, it's it's not cheap. Right. But I don't think I think people just get in their heads that if they hire a personal trainer, then they're committed to training with that person like an hour a week, every week for the rest of their life. Where I would look at it as you can do that or you can, you know, save up or maybe have one or two sessions and you can uh, they can give you something to work on or teach you something. This is the thing. It's not about being beasted and just being flogged. It's like if you don't come away having learned something, yeah. then um that to me is like that's not what like a coach should be trying to empower people and actually teach people stuff so if you're you know if you're not around you've actually left them with something not just a bunch of like drills and being screamed at for an hour i um, have two clients i see just once a week and i like to think that i leave them with at least some examples of exercises they can do at home, whether it's a core exercise or a body weight exercise, or even just a simple stretch to actually help something that they can take away with them. Um, and that's so important, so important. And something that I did think of just as you were talking there was the first session is always hard and you will leave, if you've never exercised for like 50, 60 years, and then you choose that time to get into training, you're probably gonna feel sore. You're probably not gonna feel capable. The first session is always really difficult. And going back after that first session is always really difficult. But you give it two, three, four sessions, a month, six weeks. And all of a sudden, like you said, Andy, that thing that was hard to start with suddenly isn't hard anymore. And that is incredible. So don't be put off by the fact that it's hard to start with it should be hard to start with. I, th I think a simple conversation though, like, like you just said there, I think that's incumbent on the trainer to kind of explain that up front. Yeah. If you don't tell your client that and then they wake up the next day and they, maybe they, they really got into it and they just, you know, they, 
they did more than you thought, but now they're paying for it the next day. Like they can't get off the toilet. The old quads are on fire and they're just, oh my God, what's happened? And you're like, do you know what? You might, you might ache. Yeah. Hopefully what happens throughout the session is yeah, you've explained that to them. And when they're doing, um, I don't know, let's say I say to someone, right, we're going to do 10 reps of this squat. I'm watching them, you know, kind of getting feedback, you know, how does that feel? Can you go a bit lower? Uh, you know, maybe make little tweaks, kind of keeping things nice and simple. If they're grimacing after three reps or four reps, so it's so it's like you have to kind of balance out, right? So you'll get some people that are so, they're so fearful and kind of so um, worried that they won't say if something doesn't feel good. They're like, and then you you have to, again, this comes from experience, right? So you just kind of know this. It's like, mm, actually, a little bit of discomfort, fine. Someone who looks visibly in pain, let's just take a step back. Even if they're fine, it's like, oh, do you know what? Try this, make it, regress it, basically. Make it easier. And then, you know, hopefully they have a better experience. Or you get like, and I hope Sue doesn't listen to this, so I can throw her under the bus. Um, but like Sue, Sarah's mum, every little thing we did would be like, Oh, oh God, my knee. Oh, and basically because I know her really well, I was like, come on, Sue. Let's do <laughs> stop yeah. stop moaning. That's great. Stop fannying around, Sue. But come on. Actually, if I if I haven't got a pre-existing relationship with someone, yeah. I I so I know that they're kind of fine. Mm. And you just get a feel for it. But you're like, mm, they're so they're so fearful that we have we again we have to regress it so they yeah. can just kind of feel like this is what it feels like to do a squat this is what mm. it feels like to put some load on and just one other thing before i move on from this you know you were saying about um uh you know like we like to train people like us right yeah, yeah. so like if you've got instant rapport similar age similar interests maybe this similar stage of life um i love training older clients and that's definitely a that is a symptom of me getting older because I'm more interested now in what they have to say. So again, early on, they're so like all engrossed in the, the, the exercise. It, it is kind of all focused around that. But actually when you get talking to people um, like some of these people as well, um, they may be, I don't know, like maybe they haven't got a massive friendship circle maybe no one's asked them oh what do you think about this or mm. i don't know like you get the feeling from some people that it's like bloody hell like they, they're really interesting like you want to you can learn like i've learned tons from clients yeah um, i love all my clients and that they're, they're awesome and they're so different like i've got women that i train that are my age and then i've got a couple of guys that I train that are a little bit older they've got their own businesses they've got their own families they've had really interesting lives and like we actually get so much banter and I love their opinion on things and it's just fascinating it's just absolutely fascinating so yeah it's I would encourage if you are a PT particularly if you're a new PT as well train as many different people as you can because you learn so much it's brilliant it's it's, it's hands down my favorite part of the job just yeah. meeting different people yeah um i think we move on mate to the food nutrition. nutrition um do you want to start this one off mate or do you want me to um okay so what happens should we talk about maybe pre-existing ideas about our nutrition as we get older so when we talk about nutrition as we age i think about my gran all the time so gran would have a toast rack does anyone else have a toast rack on the table? Toast I mean, that, 
we don't but i mean no I've got china some white toast rack yeah, nice. butter um bit of jam lunch would always be a sandwich or a pork pie um dinner would be something cooked by my mum, maybe some potatoes pasta all very brown definitely a toasted tea cake loved a bourbon biscuit and a custard cream oh custard Um, cream yeah custard creams yeah um very much like love the sweet stuff all very brown very beige constant snacking throughout the day um very minimal protein because you know my grand grew up in an age where it was all rationed and you know as we got older she was like oh these things are available and I can have them all the time and you know and it was there was just no education really with I think my grand's generation about food and nutrition um so (laughs) again Andy and I we just love to bang on about protein but coupled with what we've just said about training and about the loss of lean muscle mass we want to try and stop or actually you know at least slow down the loss of that lean muscle mass as much as we can as we get older and protein in your diet is going to be an extremely important part of that so you know the protein requirements for elderly I think they tend to be between 1.4 and 1.6 grams per kilo of body weight that's pretty much as much as you should eat if you're looking to build lean muscle tissue you know um you you talk about the 1.6 with the 2.2 range but it depends on your calories and your macronutrient requirements anyway and your size but you know 1.4 to 1.6 that's definitely higher than the UK average what they recommend and that would actually be quite difficult for a lot of elderly people to get in so protein's important and I think it's probably quite safe to say that they're most of the demographic we're talking about, do not take in enough protein. You've also got calcium that's very important. We want to talk about um, bone mass and actually supporting bone mass. So um, yeah, an osteoarthritis and osteoporosis, calcium is going to be really important for that as well. And actually preventing the onset and the actual natural degeneration when you do get those diseases. So those would be the two key things that I would want to um, focus on with any kind of elderly or aging clients. So I'd be looking at their diet thinking, where is their protein coming from? Where is their calcium coming from? Are they also getting a wide variety of fruits and vegetables? And where are the areas in their diet that we can actually get more of these foods in without causing them to have a massive overhaul of the current habits that they've got because let's face it they've had those for most of their life so actually going through a major nutritional and habitual and behavioral overhaul is going to be really really difficult so where are the areas we can actually include these in and are there any other easy wins that we can have like one of my clients at the moment literally just getting them to drink more water because their diet is predominantly made up of tea and coffee like seven cups of tea and coffee a day where's the water and so literally we are have a glass of water with each meal yeah i mean when you when you're listing that off a lot of this advice you can apply this this, you don't have to be of an age to take this advice on board eat a bit more protein that's something that we we say a lot eat your fruits and veg something we say a lot actually having some calcium source in the diet again important for anyone trying to change it, trying to make it easy, not overhauling the diet, trying to find easy wins. All of these things apply to everyone. It's just like with the elderly 
people with older individuals, it's everything's harder, right? Yeah, massively. <laughs> Everything is harder. So right down from the actual, oh, and the other thing you said about, um, yeah, 1.4 or 1.6 grams, it's hard enough to get people that are savvy with fitness pal to, to track numbers and hit numbers. Good luck getting a 70 year old to start hitting gram per pound or gram per kilo targets. Never going to happen in a million years. Nah. So let's stay on protein. We've got like this, there's this, this protein threshold or this, um, there's a certain threshold that you need to hit uh, per protein serving to, to switch on muscle protein synthesis, like muscle repair and muscle regrowth. And when you're younger and you're more sensitive to protein, you can get away with having like 20 grams, 25 grams around there. And, and that process will just click into gear. You start gaining muscle, you start repairing happy days. As you get older, that process needs more to respond. So you become like, you're the, almost like the effect of the protein is dulled a little bit. Mm. So now suddenly you're trying to hit 30, 35, even up to, you know, I would say like 30 to 40 grams of protein is, um, that would be my recommendation. So let's say it's 40. You're going to try and get that in three meals a day. So there's 120 grams. So that's a, that'd be a really good solid target to hit. I do not know. I don't think I know anyone who hits that who's older, not the, or not the people that I've, that have come in and shown me food diaries. Um, so it, it is exactly um, like Rambo said, it's how do you how do you shoehorn some of this protein in there without completely um, yeah, turning the diet on its head, Rambo shoot. And this is where like this demographic of people is, again, we, I've mentioned already about the financial viability of actually making changes with regards to training and nutrition for this, this like, and I, I'm, I'm going to keep saying aging or elderly like population. So easy wins with nutrition with this kind of demographic is tinned goods with regards to protein. If someone honestly is worried about like a grandmother or their parents and they're like, I don't think they're going to be able to go and buy corn fed chicken breasts and, and maybe, or maybe you've got a parent or grandparent that's on their own and they actually find cooking for themselves a little bit of a stress. You know, you've got them up, you've got them moving, but maybe they don't know how to cook. Maybe their partner's passed away and they actually just don't enjoy it. You know, a, we want to make sure that they're getting enough calories because the aging population can actually, it's very easy for them to under eat, which again, puts them in a deficit, which puts them at risk of muscle loss, injury. It's just literally the perfect storm. We've talked about this so much and they're not moving. So they're sedentary. So, you know, if you're thinking, oh, I don't know how to get some more protein in granny, like <laughs> I've lost Andy again. That just sounded funny. <laughs> Oh God. Um, then, you know, you've got things like tins of tuna, tins of mackerel, you know, tins of salmon, sardines, uh, sardines, my corned nan, beef. My, my nan loved a sardine. Yeah, corned beef, cottage cheese, uh, Greek yogurt, you know, things like this. Really, really quite reasonable things. Even ready meals. Ready meals are a massive win. You get like sausages and mash or something like that or something like a steak and ale pie not a fray bentos not a fray bentos i'm talking like waitrose or something like that do you know what i mean for like a good like maybe like a chicken tikka masala a ready meal or something like yeah. that yes if we were talking to somebody that wants to step on stage these things are not 
or optimal, but we are not. We are talking about somebody that cannot cook for themselves, struggles to get enough protein in and wants to actually support their body and get them enough calories in. You know, you get a between four and 500 calorie ready meal with a good dose of chicken, a bit of fat in there, low on salt and actually some rice. That's a really well-balanced meal for, you know, somebody that say, in their mid 60s or 70s and doesn't know how to cook i mean honestly look at talk about easy wins look at what what protein sources are already in their diet lean on them first right yeah so if they like eggs for example then it's like job done let's kind of shoehorn those in whether it's for breakfast whether it's in a salad whether you can have it um for the evening meal as well add a slice of gammon gammon and eggs gammon and eggs gran Um, used to love gammon and eggs yeah it's a biggie. Um, milk, massively yeah, under. Milk how, about, is how, about, how about a glass of milk? There's your protein and calcium, or a decent amount of. Easy to consume, so you don't need to um, have like a, a huge appetite. So if you can, there's a reason why, like you know, hospitals and stuff. If people are um, do need calories in, they're going to give them shakes and like meal replacement shakes and stuff like that. And I actually would consider if you can get a meal replacement shake. Um, that's got a decent amount of protein in that's palatable that people can again minimal fuss to knock up what an an absolute no-brainer to to put in the diet because then it's affordable easy high protein um palatable yeah winner like just just do it Um, or make your gran a chocolate protein shake and tell her it's a chocolate milkshake like yeah honestly like People go on about supplements and protein shakes and stuff like that. This is the kind of demographic that probably should supplement if they struggle. A lot, you know? a lot of things in the fitness industry industry are completely um, reversed as they should be. So when when I see like you know eighteen year old smashing back his third protein shake of the day and he's already eaten like three chicken breasts and he's got like spaghetti bolognese for dinner, wasted. Yeah, absolutely waste literally just throwing money away on supplements whereas and and but that's who it's pushed to right these like young men that are like filled with testosterone lift heavy as fuck and already eat shit loads of meat they and have disposable income it's the yeah well that's that's why right that's <laughs> that's why they're targeted um live at home and drive a mercedes that costs 450 quid a month <laughs> You think it is someone in particular, mate? Not at all. I'm just bitter. Like, <laughs> just want that merch. You must say it, Ibiza. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, in in terms in terms of when you you do get a bit older, it's like, so much of this stuff is keep is keeping it simple, and I, and I don't think the industry helps at no. all. Um, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, so, so proteins. So protein is huge. Like takeaway protein is huge yeah um whilst we're in the realms of supplementation as well like obviously we talked about the loss of lean muscle mass and how important it is to try and mitigate the effects of that with regards to like the calcium and supporting bone health i think vitamin d is a huge one as well yeah particularly for those that aren't very mobile so don't get out in the sunlight quite a lot vitamin d is a massive one um to help support bone health basically um and yeah 
that's all I have to say. I think every that I don't recommend supplements for many people. Um, but the only supplements that I do ever recommend if people ask, ask are a protein shake, if they need to supplement or it fits within the realms of their lifestyle, vitamin D and cod liver oil as well, or omega threes. And again, for joint health and for actually, um, supporting the muscles, the bones and the joints. Yeah. Um, completely agree i mean there's just honestly supplements wise normally and that's what i take daily yeah i can count them on one hand they're like so the one the ones that typically come up just to share it with you like yeah d3 all the time um pretty much for anyone like if you live in the uk we're just not blessed with sun year round and then you've got to be outside and you've got to have a certain amount of um, flesh exposed to it so yeah we normally have a couple of good weeks (laughs) and that's it um uh yeah fish oil some you know for some people if you're not getting tons of it in the diet performance what yeah protein shakes performance wise maybe creatine um yeah if people take it already i'm like yeah go on then i mean it is so heavily researched apart from that i'm like but i suppose i probably don't very deal with many people that actively really want to build muscle so yeah i mean there's there's some there you know there are kind of performance benefits to to go with it but i just think it's not it's not essential um similar with with caffeine as well if we're talking about supplements that are heavily researched caffeine definitely has um has benefits but again for the demographic that we're talking about and and again we're always kind of skewed towards health um not essential um i think we've kind of covered a lot there mate i've got one more for you I'll go on. Just a quickie. Um, kind Better of. be because I need a wee. <laughs> I could see you getting twitchy. I'm getting dancing. Um, so just one thing that you sometimes have to have to tackle. And again, you, you did cover it um, briefly. And it's just that the pre-existing beliefs. Mm. So not only um, in terms of like training, you're talking about just being fearful and it's not for me. And, um, you know, I'm not going to see anyone like me in the gym. Diet and nutrition is possibly, yeah, these beliefs have been there for for years oh god for decades so for example things like fat makes you fat is is quite a common and being like fearful of having too much fat in the diet avocados are the devil my mum genuinely thought that for a good six years so that that type of when i think about my nan actually i think about you know she had butter like it was full fat everything and actually that's probably a better way to be Mm, (laughs) yeah butter pork pies like yeah gran gran was all over it so that's something that I suppose I'm, I'm saying it as a like coaches that appreciate appreciate this like when you're trying to change your diet and someone has got some kind of pretty fixed beliefs in place if you go in like a bull in a china shop and you're like well that's rubbish that's wrong that's wrong it might be well received but actually it's probably just a case of working with it a little bit so um, this is if you have if you're fortunate enough to work with someone over a long period of time you can just look to kind of slowly introduce things into the diet so amy we're talking about like easy wins with a protein might be you know they already like tuna you're like oh cool well that's something actually can you get that in like three times a week if they've got very little fat in the diet and they're like um i don't know like they're they're petrified of fat can you just you know maybe it is literally like a handful of nuts or half an avocado to start with so it might just be like one or two things that you can hopefully introduce or maybe there is something that they're eating that's already got a decent amount of fat in it and you can get them to eat a little bit more of it but overcoming pre-existing nutrition beliefs quite hard across the board when people think certain things if you're working with someone who's 60 and they've eaten the same way for 60 years trickier yeah and 
just be aware that obviously it's slow and steady, very, very, very slow and steady. Um, and again, like we say it all the time, like tie it to the person that they want to be. So if they've already made the decision that they want to become this health seeking individual and they want their training because they want to live a bit a little bit longer or they have maybe a strength goal so you know maybe they want to get up off the floor without being in pain or you know you can tie those little nutritional wins into that as well and be like well you know protein does support the muscle mass and this is going to really help you get stronger so you feel better and you're not going to have as many aches and pains as you were or you know, the, the, you know, that having a good quality diet is really going to help you sleep. And maybe, you know, if you drink a little bit more water, then you're going to feel more energized. You're not going to feel as knackered all the time. And it's just tying these little things into the person that they want to try and become. Um, and I had this conversation with one of my clients as well yesterday, I think I saw her and it was like those health promoting behaviors. And we've talked about this so many times before with like even the podcast, Andy, that was like, what comes first, the diet or the exercise, like these health promoting behaviors, one tends to breed the other. Um, like it's very, I know people that do it. Now I'm going to say this is going to be funny and plenty of people do this, but it's very rare that you go and have a good workout and then you want to go and smash a really filthy Big Mac chips and milkshake afterwards, you know, unless you've had such a workout, like it, you feel completely battered. Like, you know, it's you, you go home and you generally want to continue that theme of feeling good. I mean, I'd make an argument that if you were going to do it, that'd probably be the best time to do yeah. it yeah i i knew i shouldn't have said that i agree <laughs> I and i can I think could, of, I, could, I could see your eyes shooting off and you I was like thinking, Shall I? I can think of many of times when i've done that exact thing <laughs> like tonight we're having fish and chips but i won't yeah, I mean, um i think i think as well like so just just to kind of wrap it up sometimes with this stuff like you said there like we've mentioned a lot of these things on previous podcasts and stuff but i think when you're when you're working with someone so i think about this when i'm talking to like my mom and my dad mm. You might say that, you know, they should be eating a bit more protein and you might say that a hundred times, a thousand times. And I've definitely said it a lot to my parents and my mum trying to encourage her to train and trying to tell, talk to her about the benefits from it. And it's really difficult, right? Because like my mum, like I've never trained my mum. I'd love to. And I've, I've come at it from like every angle possible. Well, every angle so far that I've thought of and she still hasn't done it. So she definitely trusts me. <laughs> I hope she does. Um, but sometimes it is literally just you have to keep, I do think sometimes you have to keep repeating it and instilling it in. So like you might get someone who's like maybe a bit skeptical at first, but if you're talking about, this is why I think it's so important to be honest um, and actually reinforce like the, the big blocks that we talk about and, and the, the actual keys to it. Because if you're listening to this podcast in a year's time and me and Amy have completely changed our entire belief system, then it's like, well, f then we're no better than like the outlets that jump from diet to diet and from fad to fad. There'll be little things, there'll be little kind of things that happen in the research or we might kind of like shift our opinions slightly, but exercise being healthy, eating more protein, um, health seeking behaviors, like these aren't going to be things that that are like out of fashion in 2021 these are always going to underpin everything and sometimes it's just the case you have to keep banging the drum mm. and then when someone's ready then they'll make the then they'll make the leap and also like as you were talking there sometimes it's leading a horse to water but sometimes they actually don't know how to drink as well so like you're saying 
we're saying to this demographic, oh, eat more protein, eat more fats. Like we're assuming they know what that is. You know, like we're assuming that they know what a lean source of protein is. We're assuming they know what a healthy fat is. You know, they might be pouring tablespoons full of sunflower oil into their cooking every night and thinking, oh, it's okay because I'm having fats. Like, you know, there's there there are actually sometimes with this demographic of people you know education take it back to basics just say and it could be the difference between and I I always say steak all the time having like ribeye or fillet steak or even like a chicken thigh or a chicken breast or like a tin of spam or just some slices of actual ham off the bone like you know there's also the quality of the food that they can think about as well like honestly just take it right back to basics with some of this demographic and these these are things that they've done for long 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 periods of time so there's going to be a little bit of resistance to change so you've kind of got to meet them where they're at rather than like bashing them over the head with the stick all you're looking for is a foot in the door because if you keep if if you keep saying to someone protein is important you should eat more protein you should eat more protein and if they're just batting you away yeah whatever whatever one day they might be like "Mm, why is it boom right now is your chance (laughs) to sell the fuck out of that if you haven't done so already and then i'm gonna tell you a story and then they might be like no yeah that's not for me still and then you have to keep going and going again and literally it's like building blocks building blocks you should eat more protein well why should i uh because it's good for your muscle health well why is that important well if you fall down to that and you just go and, and how do i do that and as soon as someone asks you like how to do it well that's when as a coach you have the opportunity to be like right i can get you there now like i can work with you and we can make we can make this happen mm-hmm. but um yeah like we're it's naive to think that you can just kind of yeah like change someone overnight but yeah foot in the door I'll get mum eventually, get my little foot in the door <laughs> and then I'll drag her in Cory, drag her in the gym. Here's a question then, just as a finisher. Go. Do you think you'll train for the rest of your life? Yeah, in, in some way, shape or form. I, I knew I, you were going to say that. I'm under no illusions that it, will look, that it will look different. And just because when I think about if I go back five years, let alone 10 years, how different my, my training looks. But I kind of feel like, again, there's going to be an underlying theme yeah like now i feel like um like consistency is more important than um you know like it's what, not what you do it's what, actually just the fact that you're bloody doing it yeah like reps and how much i'm lifting and stuff just that becomes less and less important yeah. as i as i get older basically yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you mate um yeah Definitely. Um, again, in some shape or form, um, especially thinking about like as a woman and if I have children in the future, I think it's really important to um, A, feel strong, B, be strong and C, have mental strength and D, oh, I'm listing them off here. Um, All on an alphabet. <laughs> setting, an, setting an example for people as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's really important. And I don't want to be, I, I, it sounds awful. I don't want to be old. Of course I want to be old. I don't want to feel my age. And I think I've watched, that's something I've watched my mum struggle with as she gets older because, um, she hates feeling her age and she hates her body failing her. And I think 
hopefully because of the work I've put in now, I won't be in that position, but I'd also like to think that I'm going to support that um, as I get older too. Yeah. I think it's hard to know what we know and not, and not do it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I talk the talk, gotta walk the walk. Exactly. And we've got like, not only do we know personally, obviously like the, the benefits of it, but there is an element of, um, yeah, being an example to, to clients. I, I, I do think, I do think it's important. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think we leave that one there, mate. That was a long one. It was a juicy one, that. Juicy. We did, um, we did say, though, we did say when we discussed this, I was like, we're probably going to go off on one because yeah. because I, like, I could probably talk about this for like another hour and a half. I just think, yeah, that demographic don't get enough airtime. So yeah. if you know someone who's a bit older um, and you think either you've taken something from this, like have a word with them or maybe even um, get them to listen to the, the podcast and, yeah. and see what they think if you think it'll help. For sure. Share this around your slimming clubs, all of you. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely. I think it's really important. And there are plenty of trainers out there who do just want to inspire and educate and help people. And they would be so willing to work in with that demographic of people, Andy and myself for a start. 100%. Yes. That was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was cool. I really enjoyed it. It's been As a you- it's been a pleasure as always. Always. Um, How's your gin going? The gin's gone. <laughs> of course it has. It's not going. That went, <laughs> that went about an hour ago. <laughs> oh, okay, mate. Until next time. Look after yourself, mate. See you soon. Bye. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Not Another Fitness podcast. Andy and I really do appreciate all your feedback and questions that you take the time to send us. If you really like the podcast and you're listening via Spotify or another platform, please share it either via Instagram, Facebook, or direct with anyone you think would enjoy it. If you're listening via Apple Podcasts, please pop down, give us a five-star rating and a little review. We really do love reading all your feedback. And if you want to follow us over on our socials or get in touch with us direct, you'll find me over on Instagram at Coach Amy Rams with a Z. And you'll find Andy over on Facebook at his Facebook group, Eat, Move, Lift, Enjoy. And as long as you're not an absolute tool, he'll probably accept you. And they were his words, not mine. <laughs>